Welcome back, adventurer. Care for another story? One of a hero's triumph against darkness? A dragon's journey of self-discovery? Or perhaps two souls' quests to find unity? Well, pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The RPG Show. This is a show we rate, review, and talk about RPGs. My name is Brent. I'm your host. With me today, I have two Maleficent manifestations of mortal horror, I guess. Uh, we have First, we have Nick. Yep, that's definitely a cow. Gantner, how you doing, man? There is no cow level. Not in this one. Uh, next up, we have Marcus Fresh Meat Perez. What's happening? Meat. All right, today we are. You were really struggling for that like whole maleficent bullshit thing, though. Whatever, man. When do I not struggle? When you run out of PP, I guess it's so every day. What? Never mind. It's Pokemon joke. Yeah, but that was really misplaced Pokemon joke. I wasn't ready for it in the Diablo podcast. Me neither. That's a weird placement. Nice. My mind went to. You said struggle. My mind. My mind went to Pokemon. Sure. Okay. All right. Today we are talking Diablo One. All right, gentlemen. Diablo One. Not Diablo Two. Not Diablo Two. Not Three. Not what expansion packs. Let's talk about Diablo One. Released for the PC. Well, I did have a PlayStation port much later. We're not going to talk about that piece of garbage. Um, but it was published. I purchased it once from a pawn shop and promptly took it back. This was published on December 31st, 1996 by Blizzard Entertainment. Originally started, started as a project for a company of, by the name of Condor. Um, they approached Blizzard with the pro, uh, project. They were later on bought by Blizzard and redubbed to Blizzard North. The game was originally a turn-based game, but upon inspection of the game and by request from Blizzard, it was switched to be the uh, hack-and-slash action-based game we know now. Um, also, interestingly enough, it was also intended to be a claymation style game with all the animations and art being, you know, little clay guys. Um, can you guys imagine this game as a turn-based game? That'd be really weird. Because like, I can, I can kind of see it as a grid-based turn-based thing where like you move yeah, and then the enemies move at the same time as you kind of thing. So, it like, wouldn't but, be roguelike. What it would be is like you move freely and then when you enter combat, you take turns. Kind of how Arcanum did, where but you were doing the switch manually, but the game would do it automatically. You understand what I'm telling you? Yeah, it'd be horrible. Yeah, I know. So we don't want that. Um, the game is set in the kingdom of Conduras in the town of Tristram. It had one expansion, Hellfire, 
but it's not considered canonical to the storyline of um, Diablo at all. So we just ignore it. Uh, it the expansion itself was started by Blizzard Entertainment, was later passed on to Sierra Entertainment, um, which is probably why the game is so hard to get a hold of now, because I think the rights to the first one, distribution rights at least, are still owned by Sierra Entertainment. And are they still a thing? Who were they bought by? Do you know, Nick? I have no idea, but I can find out. Eh, well, it's no no big deal. Um, <clears throat> well, as usually, uh, we break this down. First up is game Activision. Play. Activision. Oh, well, Activision's part of Blizzard, so I don't know why it's so hard to get a hold of. Um, gameplay. There are three classes. There's the warrior, the rogue, and the sorcerer or mage. I don't know exactly what it calls it in the game. Um, I played the warrior. Would you play, Nick? The rogue. Marcus, would you play? I was the sorcerer. You poor soul. You poor soul. Um, well, essentially, unlike uh, later titles in the expansion where each class has a distinct difference in um, like the mechanics of the class, the mechanics are universal across these three classes with the exception of um your stat caps almost because uh you still end up with access to the same things if you build your stats wrong you know because i mean you could technically start a warrior and then every time you level up put that bitch in magic and then try and cast spells but you're going to cap it magic really early and you're going to be a useless hump of uh hunk of meat so don't do that but you can it's a possibility um and it's a simple level up system. You kill enough enemies, you get experience, uh, and you get five stat points to put into. Is it like strength, uh, vitality, magic, dexterity? I want to say one other. That now, I the strength, magic, vitality, dexterity. I think four. It's a four. Um, but you get five points a piece. Um, as a warrior, I was. Uh, Basically, I I kind of because you need dexterity to hit, so I was basically like a two one two, so two to strength, one to dexterity, two to vitality, and that's basically what I did the entire game, and it worked out fine for me. Um, what did you guys do, Nick? Uh, well, I I only put points because I was playing rogue. I was I went bow rogue instead of like melee or whatever, but rogues get uh like damage from their dex stat anyway, so mm. I pumped dex. Until I needed strength to equip a piece of equipment, then I put enough strength to do that, and uh, only really when I needed when I got a spell book I wanted to learn, like I just I pumped magic while I could, um, like to get to what I needed. Until I was like, oh, I could just buy gear that has plus magic on it, and then so I stopped doing that shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was mainly decks. That's basically was my strategy for learning books because I only really wanted the book of Town Portal. Like the other ones are you know, whatever, like, I suppose I could have tried to learn some AOE spells, because, um, as the, like, the spell gets better, like, it costs less mana, so, technically, in order to use spells as a warrior, you need the best spells, so, go figure, that's a weird thing, but, uh, I thought, uh, I thought they also get, like, damage increase up to a certain extent, too. Oh, they do, they do, but, um, I'm talking about just for learning to use anything, yeah, I never yeah. used anything but Town Portal, to be honest. Um, but what I did to learn that is I just kept every piece that had magic and then dropped that bitch in town right next to Kane um, until I had enough pieces to equip so I could learn a book 
and then fucking sold those bitches. So that's basically where I, uh, how I did it. Um, what did you do, uh, Marcus, as far as stats? Well, the best for me was just all into magic because of the uh, the magic shield. Yeah, so you can use the the, the mana shield as part of your your health pool, technically, right? Yeah, so I'm bu- I'm buffing my damage and uh, my survivability at the same time. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but as the warrior, I I think I probably had the the simplest of gameplay because I I just click things. I can take a lot to the face. So my strategy basically became uh, get them in a door or in a corner so I can't be hit from all sides and just kill them. <laughs> that was basically my strategy all through the game. Um, I can think of zero iterations on that strategy. So uh, did you guys have any other uh, anything interesting to add about your class, Nick? Um, no, my class was pretty much point and shoot. I did pretty much what you did, open doors, walk out of the doorways. So they funneled into the doorway and shot them at a distance. Okay. When I couldn't do that, I ran in circles and did this weird like run, click, 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 run, click, click, click thing that didn't always work the best because like getting the mouse back and forth and the things moving and it got it got messed up sometimes. So I did resort to spells on occasion because there were like some pretty decent ones that were good for like just room clearing, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't really have the damage or the mana pool to su- support that. So it was it was mostly just me moving and clicking. Yeah, I wish I had um some uh some room clearing spells because other than that I can only really, really kill a th- one thing at a time. So there were some of those rooms like uh. I think I had a quest where it's like the Halls of Bone or something like that, where um, you go down there, there's a room with, I don't know, at least 60 fucking skeletons in it, and it took me forever to clear that room, because I couldn't just go in, because they, they would, you know, rip my leg off, shove it up my anus, and then tickle the back of my throat with my toes, so, like, I had to just sit there in the doorway, one by one, and go, like, when they'd stop coming, I'd have to go in there and lure more out, it just took fucking forever. So I wish I had something to clear the whole room. Uh, See, that's why you should have gotten a bow, because you could just stand out in the doorway and shoot things in the room, maybe if they're not coming at you. I could have, but I didn't. Like, uh, there are improvements to switching gear sets in later Diablo games, where this one, like, I was too lazy just to open up my inventory and switch things back and forth, so I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to hack these bitches to death. So, whatever. Fair Uh, enough. Marcus, do you have any difficulties? Well, early on with the uh, with the sorcerer, it's pretty tough because um, you know you're pretty weak. You're a sorcerer. You, know, you don't take a lot of damage. See, I don't think I don't think I so, can play this game not getting hit. I don't think that would work for me. You have to like sit back and try to hit. You know, you gotta kill them before they can even get close to you. Otherwise, you're most likely gonna be dead. You did end up with a few cool spells to like clear a bunch of enemies at a time, though. So that's got to be nice. Yeah, the chain lightning's pretty good, especially when they uh, pack in there on you. Uh, I could think of one quest where I would have loved to have like a room clearing spell, but I'll get to that later. Um, now the game is divided into essentially what it is: is you have the town up top, and then sixteen levels going down beneath the cathedral, essentially um, working your way to the final boss. The it, it, you know it's it's a really simple setup. 
you know it's you have town where all the shops and people and you know you can talk to them get hints about your quests or whatever it, it just you know you get more quests you buy stuff you sell stuff um and then you just work your way down to the dungeon um occasionally the dungeon will have a route back up or you can take the town portal spell to go back and that kind of stuff so i mean it's just a lot of the same going down with um the same differences. I, I would say Diablo is not the only game that does this, and I'm not certain it's the first. I would say something like Gauntlet maybe would have been you know something prior to this that had this sort of hack and slash, endless waves of monsters you know um, kind of gameplay. But uh, I'll just go out on a limb and say Diablo probably does it best for me because I've played Gauntlet, I've played Diablo, I've played Torchlight, I've played um oh shit. Uh, was it? it's, it's called fate I think is what it's called um, I've played these other dungeon crawl hack and slash type games these loot pinata games if you will and uh, I don't know Diablo games are fun because I had a lot of fun playing this game I uh, it was a real time crunch situation for me where I wasn't getting as much done early as I wanted to because schedule in life or whatever so I played I want to say 14 hours of this game yesterday from the time I got up to the time I went to sleep so I could go to work today was Diablo one time. And not once did I say, fuck it, and then want to walk away. I was having a blast. Even though I was there for way too long, I had the hell of fun out of it. And if I'd had enough time before we sat down to record today, I might have played some more, to be honest with you. Um, but like I said, 16 levels. Uh, levels 1 through 4 are considered the cathedral, 5 through 8 the catacombs, 8 through 12 the caves, and then 13 through 6 is hell, essentially. And each one has a different sort of tile set, enemy set, um, and have different quests throughout. Um, did you guys, how did you guys feel about how the the game slowly transitions the type of dungeon as you go down? I thought it was cool, it's like kind of like a descent into madness almost. Okay. Um, I thought it was cool. I f- it felt like it, if you're paying attention to lore, like it made sense mm-hmm. because uh, Diablo was summoned down there, and then he's like transitioning, like he's spreading spreading his influence out to the world. So it would make sense that the world is changing uh, okay. as it gets there. And doesn't it like in later games, like something happens where like the the whole like geography of whatever location this events are happening in actually become more hell like. Um, you know, it's been a long time since I've played Diablo 2, so I couldn't tell you. Um, I know Diablo 2 does have some more, like, you go out from the town instead of everything going directly down, and Diablo 3 is almost none of that directly down to it, and, like, they're, everything's taking place in different areas. So, um, it's, it's hard to say, really. I couldn't, I couldn't really tell you. Um, to be honest, but, um, it does feel like it makes sense. Like you're starting in like the basement of this cathedral and then you're down into like the crypts, the catacombs. And then like you're into this carved out earth when you finally reach hell or where Diablo has been in or his soul stone has been imprisoned or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, how do you guys feel about this, this type of game where you have, you're basically your hub and this is Dungeon Crawl, essentially, um, laid out in front of you. Have you guys played other games like this? Um, what are you know some of the games you've played like it? 
that kind of thing. Nick, why don't you I remember um, Marcus. That's fine. I remember when I was younger, I did play the uh, Gauntlet games. Okay. Um, did like those a lot. You know, you'd go through. You know, you pick your character, and you know, you go through each level little by little, and you take out all these waves of monsters. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like it kind of laid the way um, to uh, you know other RPGs. It's okay. kind of the essence of it. Okay. You, know, you start off with your main hub. All right. And you go out and explore this whole world. All right. What about you, Nick? You played any other dungeon crawl games like this? Uh, yeah, I played the Gauntlet games. I played. Uh, I really liked the one on the sixty-four. I played the hell out of that one. Um, played Path of Exile. Played Torchlights. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, Same thing. Stuff like that. But like, I I remember trying to play Diablo one a long time ago, and mm-hmm. it feeling bland in comparison to the other things that were out. Because I think Diablo 2 was out at the same time and everybody was trying to play that. Uh, so I would much prefer Diablo 2. But when I started playing this one, I like I, I think I got like to the third four and I was like, alright, this is kind of getting old. And then something like switched and I started having a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. And I'd have... Like I've got issues where it takes me a little bit of time sometimes to get into something, but when I get into it, like I don't want to stop. So I would only be playing for like an hour a night, and then like I'd start getting into it, and then like I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta go to sleep." Yeah. So I think um, a good switch point, I think, especially in Diablo games, because I think uh, the way loot is handled in Diablo games is amazing. How just like some little fucking scamper in a corner can drop some amazing piece of thing, so you feel compelled to completely explore and complete every level in the dungeon. So I think that's part of what it takes it from being like that first piece that you get. That's really awesome from some little monster in the corner. Cause you start off, you're like, Oh, I got to fucking explore every room or whatever. And then like you go in a room and you kill a bunch of things and you're like, Oh, this thing's fucking amazing. Now I can wreck more face and you put it on and you start wrecking face and you get a few levels down things are harder again then you kill the little thing in the corner and it gives you another piece that allows you to you know wreck more face and it's sort of like this it's a really cool uh driving force in in games like this don't you agree uh yes but then then you get the parts where the little shit drops something in the corner and it's not the thing you can use at all and you're yeah. like what am i supposed to do with my life now I mean, that does happen, but I, I think the the drops come so fast and furious. It's much better in the later... Like, it's not so much in this one, but um, Diablo 2 and 3. Even in this one, I would say, you get a fair amount of, you know, treasure. So, I mean, I, th- I felt like I was upgrading stuff enough. Like, there was only a few times where I went three or four levels without really getting anything spectacular. But then again, I got really lucky early on, so I was just, like, swimming in gold. And I think a couple times, like, the blacksmith spawned something on his his self that was amazing i just bought and didn't find anything better so i mean stuff like that happened to me but i think by virtue of running the rogue i kind of at least running a bow rogue i screwed myself a little bit because there's only one type of drop that i can actually use weapon wise Mm -hmm. so sure stuff would be dropping that would probably be decent or pretty good for other classes or even if i just put some more points and strength and said fuck it uh and started using like melee weapons but I ended up selling 99% of the things that dropped because I couldn't use it. Man, I can't tell you how many uh, life-stealing daggers I picked up. Like It was amazing. Cause they, the, All I would find was bows. It was annoying. Uh, stuff that vendors would... Like, if it has lifesteal, that's the vendors for a lot. So, um, 
But yeah, you know, I found a lot of bows too. Like, uh, really, it must be specifically designed to fuck over the class that you're playing. No, because I found a lot of axes and stuff too. I, I mean, I didn't really find myself really. The only thing that I didn't find a lot of was armor. To be honest, um, see, I found a lot of armor, but it was all crap. Um, I found one early on that gave, I think it was like plus 43% overall armor. And then I had like the skeleton king crown. Like I didn't, I didn't have to, uh, I mean, I didn't have too many problems. I mean, plus I had a decent amount of vitality. So my health pool was absurd. Well, I wasn't getting hit very much. So it wasn't a big concern for me. Um, okay. So as you, in addition to just exploring and killing and murdering and collecting loot, um, the game does have quests. Uh, how many quests? Is it? It's one, two, three, four, five, eight, eleven, thirteen, fifteen quests. Only two of which are guaranteed to show up. Um, no, all there's like a couple, like the last three, like the Chamber of Bone, the Archbishop, Ar- uh, Archbishop Lazarus, and Diablo three. always show up. Three, sorry, three always show up. Uh, two, three, but um, you essentially are guaranteed to get so many quests, though. So you get one, three, five, seven, eight. So you out of the, aside from the last three, you get eight quests that are guaranteed to show up, um, and they can vary. So each time you play the game will be different. In addition to each of those levels that we talked about, the 16 levels are procedurally generated. So they're not, it's not going to be the same dungeon every time. So there's a lot um, to do each time you play it. Um, I ended up with, I didn't get the poison. Well, I got like the skeleton King. I got, uh, I didn't get the butcher. I got Ogden sign garbage the week got the uh, Magic Rock, Halls of the Blind, I want to say Czar the Mad, Anvil, the Anvil of Fury, um, then I've got uh, the Warlord of Blood, and then I did the last three, I think are the quests I ended up with. Do you remember what quest you got, Nick? Uh, yeah, I had Poison Water, okay. uh, The Butcher, Garbad the Weak, Valor, Halls of the Blind, uh, Black Mushroom, Anvil of Fury, and Warlord of Blood. Okay. What about you, Marcus? Well, for me, um, the first one that I had, uh, the Skeleton King, then Butcher, um, but for that character, somehow I managed to, like, save right when I was, uh, getting killed, (laughs) and, uh, I kind of had to, you know, I just had to restart at that point. Okay. So, um, then the Butcher didn't show up that time. Okay. Um, don't really remember the rest of those quests, there was, uh... Yeah, they kind of it's it's all there's a few of them that stand out. Most of them are just like beat this really hard enemy kind of mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um with the exception of All right, was I the only one that got the Halls of the Blind then? No, I got it. Oh man. Fuck that quest, man. Oh man. Don't recall that. All right, so essentially you find a book. A lot of these quests are started by reading a book. So it's possible just to to miss like a lot of these. Um but you start by reading a book and then you go back out and you have access to this little figure eight hallway. And inside of one of those rooms is a special amulet that will allow you to see the enemies in the area that are invisible unless they go to attack you. Um, so if I had had some sort of spell which to clear a room, I assume it would have been easy. But at first, 
my first thought was like, all right, I got to get to the amulet and then, then I fight him or whatever. It's like, no, that wasn't the way to go. You like, so essentially I, I would, I would slowly sort of try and lure them out at a time because these fuckers were hitting hard. Plus they have phasing in addition to their teleportation, uh, or their invisibility so they could get around the wall and get around you. So you had to like really do the corner trick if you didn't want to get hit from all four sides. I don't know. I, I had, I had some rough time on that quest, but it was cool. Like I thought it was an interesting quest, but at the same time, it was a pain in the dick. And then yeah, I, some of this, some of these quests are definitely balanced more towards one class than the other. Like uh, on my second playthrough, I got Zar the Mad, and let me just say, all the enemies that teleport can just take it in the anus. Like that is the worst for a warrior when shit's teleporting around. When I've put all of my all of my eggs in the basket of hitting them up close in their face. Zar the Mad took, like, frickin' forever, man. Like, because that bitch is teleporting to all four corners of the room, and you have to get him in a corner, and you have to stand just right, because technically when they phase, they still have a path. So if you leave him with no path while he's phasing, he'll just keep reappearing in the one spot. So you just have to, you know, beat him a million times until he dies. That's one way to do it. So that's um, what you got to do. Um, didn't end up with the butcher on the second time either. Cause what I did, um, cause this game technically has, new I guess you could, a new game plus where when you click your character, you can choose to load that character or run a new game. So, um, before I got to the last level, I was like, I got time. So I started a new game on my warrior and bum rushed the first, like it was like two or three, maybe I want to say sections like I went basically straight back to the caves without doing the full explore because I wasn't really I wasn't getting any experience from those guys anyway so yeah. I basically went straight back to the caves and then cleared caves then hell again before I went um down to fight Diablo and then just because I was I was under the impression that Diablo was gonna be hard but it really wasn't so <laughs> well he's, uh, he's designed to be beat on the first playthrough anyway I know and I I, I sort of I was just, I had time and I was having fun, so I just went through it again. Because um, if you're not, if you're not exploring everything in every every level and you're just going down as soon as you find the stairs, then the game's really fast. But if you, but you can't really do that because you won't have enough experience the first playthrough. But a second playthrough, you can just, <laughs> you just rush right through that and not have a problem. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, and and. And, and like, I don't know. Just I was having a lot of fun. Uh, so that's basically the gameplay of the game. Oh, we didn't talk about the inventory system. How did you guys feel about the inventory system? Fucking hate it. Yeah, those kind of games are just the worst. Like I remember Resident Evil had that, and it was just terrible. Yeah, the problem. I think it improves in a little bit in two because the the inventory gets deeper, right? Because the problem right now is you you put a bow. And you've only got those two slots down below, and the only thing that really fits in there is scrolls, potions, and gold. Like, yep. there's nothing... You can't turn, like, a staff sideways. You can't turn something sideways to fit under there. Um, you could really use another row, so you could put books in the bottom if you find those, or, like, a buckler or something can go down there. So, I was running out of um, inventory really fast, and it's kind of frustrating, but I've played a lot of games like that. I'm trying to think of some others that... Um, well, I feel like there's two inventory systems that I really hate: weight systems and like space systems. And I would much, much, much rather have a weight system than a space system because it, you don't have to worry about exactly what the hell you're picking up, how you're gonna fit it in there. 
you just got to worry about your weight. And then you can rearrange things See, adequately to support the weight that you're picking up. I hate weight games because when I do want to go through and play those games as, say, a mage or a rogue, I feel like I have way hindered myself and as far as time invested because, like, if I was playing my typical warrior guy, like, he can fucking hold everything and be fine. But, like, a more dexterous or intelligent character can't carry as much. So it just kind of ends up biting them in the ass. Whereas I think just space... straight up like what? I think you should just like the best for me is um you know you have X amount of slots to put things in period. Yeah, I don't have it's a problem simple. so much problems with that um unless it's one of those systems like I I think I would rather like my least favorite is a weight system than I would you know what this is a good subject for like an entire show just talk about inventory system so. Uh, just save that for later then. Just save that for later. Um, now, let's give it a score. So for gameplay, on a one through five, what do you give it, in, Nick? Uh, I give I will give rogue gameplay, which I don't think is very much different than warrior gameplay or mage gameplay because it's just it's kind of in the standing middle. still and hitting things or spamming magic. Uh, I will give it a two point five. 2.5. You got a reason for that? Uh, yes. Because it's point and click. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Okay. So the like, simplicity of it? It's, yes. It bothers me. Like, I don't, like, I'm not a huge fan of dungeon crawlers. Okay. Like, I prefer actively being, if it's an action game, I'd rather have multiple inputs, buttons to press and like, stuff. <laughs> like, things to do. Uh-huh. Like, that's because that's why this game, like Diablo 2, is better because you've got a skill system, so you can actually give yourself things to do no mm-hmm. matter what your class is. Whereas this one, it's your only options, like you said earlier, are magic, and it's limited in some degrees depending on what class you're building. So, yeah. But right. for what it does, it does well. Like, in- there's no real problems with anything interacting with each other. There's no problems, like, actually utilizing your class how it's meant to be used, and, like, so it's it's okay. Yeah. So I mean, um, it does have a bad inventory system. So I'm going to take that away from it. Um, it is simplistic. You know, like there's not a whole lot you can do differently other than learn some spells, and all that really does is affect what creatures get targeted and how. Um, but what it does, I do think it executes perfectly. So um, it's getting a three and a half from me. Like you know, it's it's. It was. I had a lot of fun, but since it did have some, that inventory system is kind of clunky, and some of the times the movement was kind of clunky. Um, but in general, like you know, if I had a fucking blast, I was able to play it for fucking fourteen hours straight without you know wanting to kill myself. If I had done that for many of the other games we've reviewed, I probably would have killed myself. So, um, Arcadium comes to mind. Oh, fuck! Don't let's how. Why is it we play the first PC game we play since then? That's where we want to keep bringing the subject back. Let's this last season. We're moving on, Nick. I know. Let I know. it go, Marcus. Well, it's a positive comparison, though. Marcus, what do you want to give um, gameplay? I give it a solid three. A solid three. You have a reason for that? You know, like you guys are saying, it. You know, it's a little simplistic at first. Um, however, for the mage, I feel like um, you know, slightly challenging. You had to use a lot more tactics being a mage. Yeah, you know, you had, but it, you know, it really draws you in. Okay, all right. I'll allow There's that. a reason why the warriors for is considered easy mode, and then rogue is kind of middle of the pack, and then mage like sorcerer is like you don't play this unless you're advanced. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a legit um, way to look at it. Is that the I probably played the easiest class, but it's my archetype, so that's where I went. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. All right, so the story. Now, the story in this game is very basic, and unless you are reading all the books you're coming across and talking to everybody in town quite frequently, you'll kind of miss out on a lot of it. So I'm just really going to give the overall gist. All right, so in the background, because in the background, there's this ongoing war between heaven and hell. And a long time ago, um, a collection of peoples known as the Herodrum um, captured the three prime evils of hell, um, Diablo and his two brothers, trapped them in soul stones and buried them away for eternal, supposedly eternal. But then we have this, this um, Diablo has been slowly building up a sphere of influence around his soul stone, okay? Um, which he then uses uh, the corrupt Archbishop Lazarus to try and uh, possess or re-manifest himself onto the physical plane. He first tries King Leoric, uh, the king of the realm or whatever, but due to that man's poor health and his strength of will, he is unable to successfully uh, possess him, if you will. And then, since that doesn't work, it leaves King Leoric insane and crazy. At that point, he convinces the, arch- the archbishop convinces the young prince to follow him into the catacombs or whatever and Diablo successfully possesses the young boy and but while he is building his strength he is slowly sending out these waves of demons and undead taking over um, these levels of the cathedral and that's kind of where your heroes come in um, to play and they're just going to go down and stop him it turns out of course Cain is one of the Herodrum and um when you find out he's not just Kane, he's Deckard Kane, whatever. Um, and you go down to stop him. Now, in canonical lore, the warrior is the one who stops Diablo in Diablo 1. Um, the other characters, the rogue and the other, uh, the because um, so technically moving forward, it is um, male, the... Uh, the rogue and the sorcerer were there, but they become corrupted. So they are enemies that you can kill early in Diablo 2, I want to say. Um, Interesting. So uh, they reappear later, but the warrior is the one who defeats Diablo canonically. And he is the eldest son of King Leoric. Um, I forget his name. Now, um, but essentially, yeah, you just go through the dungeons. Thank you, Train. Hi, Train. Hello, Fourth Host. How are you doing today? Excellent, I hope. Um, fuck, you really got the horns. Come on. Uh, <laughs> and then you, uh, you basically go down there and you kill Diablo. Now, when you do beat Diablo, you remove his soul stone from his corpse, revealing the poor dead body of um, the poor little prince, and you think you have become strong enough through your quest to contain the evil that is Diablo, so you ram that bitch into your forehead, um, becoming the next harbinger of doom, if you will. Um, that doesn't work out well 
um, in later games for you. But as far as this game is concerned, that's basically it. Uh, well, it's kind of ominous. The ending is like you get a you you have a hooded cloak on, and it's like you feel blood strip like filling up in your eyes, and the Diablo is like clawing at your soul and shit. So you you pretty much know it's not going to end well. Yeah, no the the ending uh, the ending. Uh, what is it? Voiceover is very like dramatic. It's I have it right here. It's the soul stone burns with hellfire as an eerie red glow blurs your vision. Fresh blood flows into your eyes and you begin to hear the tormented whispers of the damned. You have done what you knew must be done. The essence of Diablo is contained for now. Like it's like super fucking like all the voiceover in this game is super intense. Um, but and that's. That's the gist of the story. I, I, I try not to, because I know a bit of extended lore from Diablo 2 and Diablo 3, and, you know, sort of know where this game fits into the grand spectrum. And I love the universe um, of Diablo and a lot of the extended lore behind it. But the question is do they do enough of that world building um, in this game? And is what they do here um, impactful enough? Or does it, like, the lack of outside information doesn't make it more mysterious or compelling to find more information in the first game? And personally, I think it does, but I don't know if there's enough there. Um, How did you guys feel about the story's presentation um, in this game? Marcus, we'll start with you. You know, if you weren't really, like, going through everything it was hard to, to actually see what was there it was hard for me to follow the story so as far as you know you were just killing shit to get to Diablo basically alright what about you Nick I kind of agree with Marcus because it's like, it's like oh there's some kind of presence here uh, you gotta stop it and you can full well just go through the whole game not talk to anybody not know jack shit not read any books and just like oh look here's Diablo alright let's kill him and then the then you, the ending implies that you somehow have this knowledge that you didn't really get about how to contain mm-hmm. Diablo. But if you actually talk to townspeople, because every, every floor you go, I think their dialogue changes when you go back and talk to them a little bit. It does, um, and it depends on what quest you've picked up. Their, their, uh, their dialogue changes when you pick up a new quest or complete a quest. That's okay. Because I remember like talking to some people and seeing that their dialogue changed, and they then kind have... of just getting tired of it. Because I'm like, I just want to buy shit. Let's go. Let's I, go. Yeah, I downloaded the uh, sound files so I could have uh, this beauty right. Oh shit, it's gone. Where'd it go? I fucking hate this soundboard. <sighs> Fresh meat. So I could have that, right? Because I just want that. Um, okay. So I can annoy Nick with it like I do with this. So I um. Thank thank you for Fantastic. that. Fantastic. <laughs> Each uh. Each townsperson has has like something like forty or so dialogues, which is seems like a lot for a game from this time period, especially when it's voiceover. Like it's got voiceover to it. Oh yeah. So they have a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to say, but so as I guess I'll finish. So as the the plot and everything goes, it was if you take the time to find it, it I think it's phenomenal. It's a good like lore building and world building, and I could. I could use some more because I felt like each character just felt like a character, not an actual, mm-hmm. not like an. It felt like an avatar, not a character. I guess yes. is more what I'm going for. 
and that could have been improved a little bit. And I think it does in later games. But yeah, well, uh, that's I think that's due to well, the first off, there was a lot of time crunch on this game. Like there was a lot of problems in development from what I was reading. Um, but I think the intention changed from Diablo one into the sequels. Like I think the first one was just intended to be like a hack. Well, like just like a once over kind of thing um, with a very loose backstory to it because it was started as a development outside of what blizzard tends to do and um then in once they finished the first game they they realized that they want there to be like okay they can't have the person that ends the game be the person that is possessed by diablo next because it doesn't make sense in the next game or they have to make it seem like you know characters didn't do a thing so in turn in diablo 2 and then way more so in diablo 3 they make each hero a specific person with their own personality and you're more or less playing a hero instead of the avatar so i but i understand what you're talking about as far as the avatar goes in this game like they're kind of almost aside from their voiceover talking to you they almost feel like silent protagonists in that manner yes um, how did you feel? Well, I already asked you. Um, I was gonna. I don't know. I'm all <laughs> over the place. Uh, so let's score it, Marcus. What do you want to give the story? I give it a two. A two. Okay. What about you, Nick? Um, I'll, I will give it a three. Three. Uh, because it's. I feel like it's a good foundation for what they've mm-hmm. done in the future. Yeah. Even though they do retcon things, but everybody retcons things, and yeah. the. I felt like it was just like you got a, like you didn't get a lot from each floor that you went to when you, you when you found a book, but it kind of gave you that incentive to keep going a little bit, which yeah. I liked. Yeah, no, uh, I I think I'm also with you on a three. Like it was sparse, but what was there was really cool. Because I mean, it's I don't know. I think it's kind of stuff that you know, like it's just stuff I'm into. You know, like demons and fucking necromancy and shit like that's that's those are cool story elements to me so like i'm down with it i totally agree because i'm a huge fan of dark souls and that's kind of how they do it like you're presented with some dialogue from npcs and like a general direction but you mainly get the lore and the story from the items you find and random things like tidbits of information you get so you have to piece it together yourself so definitely all right now we're on to music now, this game doesn't have a whole lot of music. Like, I'm counting six tracks in total. Um, and the only one that I can really remember, and will probably remember every time I hear it, is the Tristram sound. Same song. Uh-huh. This one. That, that little riff right there at the beginning. And every time I hear that, I'll know what that is. But, that's... And that's really good because I don't know how to describe the sound of the Tristram theme to me. Like I understand that it's supposed to be kind of like Barty, kind of you know strumming like a like a like really simple guitar kind of thing. But it, the term that comes to mind, is gothic western. I don't know why, but it sounds like like horry westerny music. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, um, I whenever I, I hear see that. Like I, the term I would use is homey. Okay. Like, because you're going through some shitty ass dungeon fighting demons, and then like you come back, and then like you get that comforting, like couple uh, okay. like notes. And I think then that's it's a way like, more valid read than what I got, but I'm just you know my that's how my brain works. But continue. Gotcha. 
Well, I'm just saying, like, you get those, like, the strums, and then, like, the kind of, like, slowly, lowly, like, fuck, I don't know what the sound is, but, you know, like, it's strum, strum, and you, like, you hear the thing coming. Like, there's there's four people that go into the tavern, because it's all that live in the town. Exactly. And, and like, like you, you just got the everybody. one guy that kind of knows how to play the guitar, and he's just kind of like, okay. Exactly. And, like, you know, it's, like, it's desolate, desperate sounding, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's more, like... Not not calming, but like you, it's like a source of this just like a bond, I guess, between mm-hmm. the people, yeah, in the town. So yeah. I don't know. That's why I gave it homie. It, it's very it's very invocative, and I that, I kind of think that's the same way for the entire soundtrack. But the problem with the everything outside of the Tristram theme is it's it's more atmospheric music than anything else. Like while it is music and it is a soundtrack, it's all kind of. It's not quite ambiance, but it's almost ambiance because they play the ambiance on top of it. So I mean, the Tristram music it kind of sounds like um, like kind of mysterious almost too. Yeah, no, that's that's and, where you're trying to try to figure things out. And that that's true, but overall, I don't find the that the music in the game has a whole lot to offer. And if we are gonna throw sound effects into this category. God, the, ugh, ugh, ugh. no! The fucking stepping from the warrior is atrocious. Oh, is it? oh my god! It's just constant. Do 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 do. It is the worst. It's not so bad on the rogue. It is almost as bad as Digimon World stepping, because it sounds like he is. It's just like boop 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 every damn time. Oh my god, it was bad. I don't really recall hearing my character's footsteps. Well, I guess, I mean, it makes sense for them to have varying degrees of, you know, because my character's not going to be very quiet, but it's it, it got pretty bad. I'm okay with the ugh and uh, because it's like all in the heat of the moment and you don't really pay attention, but when you're traversing like an empty dungeon to get back to the floor or whatever, and all you hear is the doot, 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 Jesus. But at the same time, we bring That's it back. What Town to, Portal was created for, man. We bring it back around to sound effects in this category. I, f- I think the the ambiance was amazing. Like especially when there there's like a scream or a cry or even like a like a laugh in the background, kind of barely on top of the music. I think it makes it super creepy and super awesome. Um, but aside from that, like the music doesn't have a whole lot to offer. So, uh, how did how did you feel about the audio, Nick? Uh, I kind of had the same opinion. I feel like the only song in this game was Tristram, yeah. and the rest was just like I hardly could could hear any music over the ambiance. Like, and that that was the music to me, just the random screaming mm-hmm. and shit like that, which was fantastic. It was cool. Like, it got me into the mood. Um, and then just like hitting like hitting stuff and hearing hearing a grunt was kind of like whatever. Uh, the bow sound effect was cool. The magic sound effect was kind of whatever. So, like, it was just... It works, I guess. But it's, like, a skeleton, bare-bones type deal. Okay. And, I, like, if you're going for, like, a haunting, like, you're stuck in, like, the middle of, like, some demonic plague thing, I guess it makes sense. Because mm-hmm. you, <laughs> it's, it's realistic. Like, you're... Realistically, you're going into a dungeon and killing things. You're not going to be hearing, like, some, like heavy metal like riffs in the background oh, or, like, but could you imagine if this game had like a heavy metal soundtrack like the final dungeon of most jrpgs 
like kind of shit like i would have been pumped the whole time like that's fucking killer it would have been pretty awesome but like it's on a realistic level like like if we and you and marcus took a walk outside found like some sewer thing and there was like some demon shits in there and we started fighting them off there would not be any soundtrack there'd be like we'd be hearing screaming and it'd be like that's what's going on so i mean i can you would hear me screaming running the other direction because i'm not fighting some demon shit in a sewer like you mistake me for a brave man but no, you're a wise man <laughs> not even i'm just there um so yeah so pretty much what i'm saying is i'd give it a two okay you just dropped the score on me all right i also thought a lot of the uh voiceover work was was pretty i mean it was, it was over the top and dramatic but that's what i like so there's that uh, marcus how do you feel about the the sound and music I give it a 2.5. 2.5? You have a reason? What's up? You don't tell me about it? How you feel? You well, a- I really like the Trisha music. Um, you know, that was like, that was about it. That was about it? Just Tristram. Two and a half points. Tristram's really good music then. Um, so if we were to just rate the music in this category and not consider any of the sound effects, which I will tell you the uh, melee sound effects are visceral. Like it sounds like I'm like bone crunching shit down. Like it's, it's pretty cool. Um, The music alone, I'd probably give it a one, one and a half. Like the Tristram song is good, but not that good. I turned the music volume all the way down and played my own music. When I played this, I didn't, I, it, it was contributing nothing to what I was doing at the time. It didn't really add. It was kind of didn't add enough to make it any more exciting. Like it was kind of boring me out a little bit. So I had to turn it off. Um, the fact that, you know, at this, it, as old as this game is that everything was um, voiceovered is pretty cool. Um, so in total, I'd probably give it a two. I'm just going to give it a two. Like it's just not, nothing to write home about i actually muted the music once for like an hour one night and this is my own shit and i felt like it 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 ruins my gameplay experience a little bit because i was relying so much on the sound before to kind of figure out where things were a little bit like they're they're helping my gameplay and then just getting rid of that took it away for me well i didn't turn the sound effects off i left the sound effects on Oh, I turned all that shit off. Oh, see, now I just turned the I just went to the options, turned music volume all the way down, left the sound effects all the way up, so I'd still get the the voiceovers and the creatures and all that stuff. So. Well, I see where I have erred. You did err greatly. Uh, visuals. So visually, I think this game's really cool. Like, I really like the uh, gothic demonic. Um, sort of aesthetic of it all like it feels like you're traveling down through the basements of this church to hell um and the monsters feel appropriate a lot of the characters look appropriate um i mean it is dated so some of the isometric models are a little more difficult to make out some of the finer details but you can't really hold the age of the game against it i think it probably looked pretty good for when it came out um some of the uh and I feel like the number of levels at that one aesthetic was perfect. Like about the time you got done 
being in you know like this castle basement it switched to like the catacombs and by the time you felt like you're done with that it switched to the caves and so on and so forth um so i'll just go right to the score on this one i'm gonna give it a four like i I think everything looked great nick you um i like the four colors that they used throughout the whole game it's a lot it is a muted palette but i think they did they did a lot with what they had i think it was no i I will definitely agree. Like they did a good job with the four colors. Uh, it just kind of got old pretty fast. And when my character model changed uh, from equipping different equipment, it didn't really change that much. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do think the monster designs were phenomenal. Like a lot of the things I came across, I was like, oh shit, that's kind of creepy. Um, and so, like the the item design and stuff too, uh, they did a pretty good job on that. Um, and the spells, the spells that I used, I thought were interesting. I liked the guardian one where you get like the three dragon heads and they shoot fire and shit at things. Yeah, I had it. I didn't have it on mana to cast it. <laughs> uh, like it scared the shit out of me when I first found it. Yeah. And like I saw like this dragon head shooting fire. I'm like, should I kill that thing? I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, then you get the spell. I'm like, oh, so that's what it was. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but like it's as cool as this stuff was. It's I don't know. Like, I'm not really a fan of Western RPGs and stuff, and and their design, their visual design. So I will give this a three. Okay. Well, you've stated as before. You would. You, you don't really care. You didn't really care for that that middle ground, isometric, you know, style where they're not necessarily going completely stylized like you would see in like a Final Fantasy Tactics style isometric game, but they're yeah. going for what they consider like a almost realism they could get into that tiny amount of space. And you've stated that before. And I think that's a fair argument. It just, I don't know. I don't have a problem with it as much. I think it's just the style of the games at the time. So it's just personal preference. Like it's a good looking game. It's just not my good looking game kind of thing. Oh, aren't we cocky? <laughs> just, what? Just no, not like, not a personal, <laughs> like I'm not comparing Nick to Brent right now. I'm just saying, stylized this wise. gay man is good looking as i am god damn damn it <laughs> all right marcus how do you feel about how the game looked well you know it was it was a little hard to look at at first um but you know there's some nice stuff in there the uh all of the mage spells that i have access to that you guys didn't have because of your low ass mana pools they just look cool you know like the chain lightning and summoning that golem well, I think they did a good job with all that. Aren't they fancy? Aren't you fancy with your spells and whatnot? <laughs> I and wanted to know. You know, you said that the color palette was like bland, Nick. But it was cool being the mage and with my red robe. I kind of just stood out in all the blandness. Wait, yeah. That would have been something interesting to me because I was just kind of like this, like, Brown. like muted purple. Oh yeah. Like in this dungeon, and there's nothing. There's everything is dark. And, like, I'm shooting arrows that are, like, a dark brown, gray-brown thing. And so I'm just like, these things are just dying. I'm, I'm hearing things going, uh, and I'm like, okay, this all looks the same to me. There's nothing, like, mixing it up until, like, I, like, I cast Fireball or some shit or Firebolt. And yeah, like, that was what I loved about the Fireballs. It would light things up a bit, too. Well, I'd get, like, a spurt of color, and then, like, I can do it, like, two times. And I'm like, all right, back to shooting things. <laughs> so... Like the brightest things on my screen were the, the health pools and the freaking health health vials. Sounds like you needed a bow that restored mana on hit. 
That would have been cool. Uh, yeah, that like being said, I needed a lot. I say three point five. Three point five. All right, that's legit. All right, on replayability, I think this is the most replayable game we have yet to give a replayability score to on this show. I agree. Um, because not because I like the gameplay any more than the games we played before. I just think this game offers so much more on a second or third playthrough that while not detracting from the first, um, because you could run, you get different bosses almost sometimes depending on the quest you get. Like you could first time you play, you don't even get the skeleton king or the butcher, but second time you play, you play through. You can uh, bring in a buddy and do the same thing, but with a buddy, make it co-op. You can play a different character, or better yet, the new game plus and just like dominate it. Or like, there's just so much to do on a second playthrough. I'm gonna give replayability a four and a half. Where you at, Nick? I will actually give it a five, which okay. is strange for me because I usually uh, hate replayability scores. Um, but I do that because I will acknowledge that this game is short enough that you can sit down yeah, for a day or two, get yeah. through it, and then go back in with a new character, play through it again, uh, try a different build. Like, there's a lot of customization for what is mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And there's, it's hard to say that you can find yourself um, at a like, like putting yourself at a dead end almost because you can uh, like load your character and start a new game fresh and fix any problems you might have had or try to get a better chance of getting different loot, mm-hmm. buying stuff from the blacksmith. There are if you if you want to take that path, there are exploits you can exploit where you can dupe your items, dupe your gold, dupe all that shit, not have to worry about things too well. Um, there's even a, a thing where you can I think you can start in multiplayer mode, pick a harder difficulty, and then without doing anything in the game, load that character in single player and you are on that difficulty. So you can add that extra difficulty to your single player campaign if you feel like you're getting challenged enough in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I would say uh, there is a lot that this game can offer to somebody who wants to just who wants something to play for a couple weeks or months or I guess some people play it for years from now on and they just kind of keep going through and finding new things to do. So yep, and I only reason I give it a four and a half and not five is simply because of the linear nature of the game. Like if it was a little more open, like a Diablo two um, or like a like I think I would say like a Torchlight or just a little more open then it would probably get the full five for me. So, but I am right there with you. It's, 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 it has a lot to offer on a second or third. What about you, Marcus? I also give it a five. I really liked, um, you know, obviously I had to replay, uh, my character. Um, but you know, going back through and seeing the different quests each time, it kind of gives you a whole new story and it's just refreshing. I would, I would agree. I would agree. So now we talk about our overall experience and this is just sort of how we felt playing the game and how we would have felt playing the game, you know, if we weren't sitting down just to to talk about it and pull it apart, like just the experience of sitting down playing the game, um, often including our first impressions. Um, For me, I had never played Diablo 1. I played Diablo 2 and played Diablo 3. And I was kind of expecting what I got as far as a slightly watered down version of the games later in the series, but it was way better than I expected. Like I expected it to be 
way watered down to almost nothing and it still was fun like i keep coming around to the fact that like nick's seen my attention span the fact that i was able to play this game for 14 hours is a huge feat in of itself like it amazed me that i just wasn't bored like i was just playing away and i'm like i've all, i've been doing this for six hours what happened or what am i doing with my life that didn't happen i was like okay i got I gotta go back downstairs another seven or eight or whatever. It's like might as well just keep playing. I'm I'm okay with what I'm doing. So um you know, there were some clunky bits, there were some frustrating bits where, you know, I died or uh, hadn't saved in a minute or yeah, I had a few game crashes, but that's more technical side from running an old game on a newer computer, especially with dual monitors. They didn't even dream of shit like that back then. Um So I mean and I was playing the simplest guy, I was just clicking and I was just clicking on shit, just click, 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 click. So um overall experience, I'll give it a four. Where are you at on overall experience, Marcus? Overall I'll say a four as well. Alright. Any reason for that? And your just final thoughts on experience, is it? I thought it was a fun game. I've never played Diablo one or two. Um I have played Diablo three, which is, you know, it's a good it's a great game. Okay. Um, but I, you know, going into it, and you know, as as old of a game as it is, I just expected a lot less than it actually offered. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, what about you, Nick? Um, I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. Uh, just because it sounds bad compared to y'all, but it's just more like an average experience. Okay. Like it was enjoyable. Um, I wasn't as enraptured by it as you. Mm-hmm. Um, like there were times or like there's a weekend I could kill. I'm like, oh, well, I could finish the game today. But I was like, eh, I'd rather play something else. So, um, and it's not your type of game. Like we've been through, like it's a personal preference thing. Like a lot of what we do is subjective. So, I mean, you know, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, while I did play it and when I did finally get, you know, that they, I did get sucked in cause it did happen. Uh, then I, I had a good time and like there I got, I got so enraptured one time that I had been playing for a couple hours. I hadn't saved, and died, and got super pissed off. Yeah, so it's a, it's a thing that happens. So uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a good experience. If you're a fan of dungeon crawlers, then you definitely will like this as kind of the, I don't want to say it's the, like the foundation of dungeon crawlers. Of the but modern of the modern dungeon crawler, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a good starting point. So. All right, now it's time for Nick's favorite segment, Quick Fire Questions. Um, I'll just go through this list of questions real quick, quick answers, and we move on. All right, Nick, favorite side quest? Garbad the Week. Garbad the Week? All right. What about you, Marcus? Definitely the uh, the Mana Shield. Oh, wait. I thought you said favorite spell. Side quest, bro. I was like, wait, I didn't do that one. I'm like, what is that one? I think you get that spell from the vendor. My favorite was the Skeleton King. Like, I thought that boss fight was really cool. Um, like very the difficult. Butcher. Uh, the Butcher is also excellent. Like, I mean... Fuck the, the Butcher. He's a bitch. He can be. He can be. Uh, I'm glad I didn't get him because I know how hard he hits. Like, I didn't get the Skeleton King, so I didn't get to experience that. Um, it basically, it's a huge room packed, filled with skeletons. Like there's two or three side rooms that you have to do first. Um, cause when you come in, like there's ones behind a grate, like firing 
projectiles out you, so you have to get that open and kill him. And then you finally get far enough back in the room to get him to spawn. He's just this huge skeleton. And um, if you leave him alone and you're not attacking him, he starts respawning those skeletons. Um, so essentially what you have to do is you have to clear a round of them real quick and then just go toe-to-toe with him um, and keep Can him occupied. Can you grind those skeletons for experience? You could, yeah, if you wanted to. Oh, man, that's so good. Um, the only problem is he's super aggressive. So if you get far enough, um, like he hits really hard. So I think he would be hard to grind them because I mean eventually they're gonna stop giving you experience anyway. Your best bet to grind is to restart and play again anyway. Fair enough. But um, it's legit. He drops like a unique uh, head slot item. It's a crown. It's got it's eight armor on the head slot, which is amazing, and it gives you uh, life steal. So when you kill um, kill things, you get life back. So, um, man, I should have restarted the game for that shit because the Ring of Truth sucks. Yeah, no, um, Skeleton King's awesome. I mean, it was difficult. It, I did have to do it, try it a couple times because even as a warrior um, with pretty good stats at the time, like I had cleared through, I think, level four before I went down and I was like, oh, yeah, I have this quest to go kill him. Where was that at? Um, and fought him. I still went through like a whole belt of mana potions and almost died. Like he has a ton of health. So, which feels weird as I was playing with the warrior and turns out that he's the eldest prince. So I was just sitting there whacking on my, like killing my father. This is weird uh, to think about, but favorite spell. It's technically a retcon though, technically. Like I said before, favorite spell was the uh, mana shield. All right. What about you, Nick? Um, I liked flame wave. All right. Since I had no other ones, town portal, incredibly useful. <laughs> um, Yes. How's that a retcon? King Leoric is King Leoric. No, in Diablo 2, because in Diablo 1, the warrior is just a generic dude. Because he goes to town oh, and well, yeah, heard technically, of him before. The, yeah, technically. And then the, they yeah. retcon it so that he's Aiden, the king's eldest son. Yeah, so. yeah, that's the part that you're talking about. I thought you were talking about the skeleton king is no longer King Leoric. I'm like, when the fuck did that happen? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, all right. Favorite weapon type. I liked the uh, that once I got access to the two-handed axes, I really like those. But um, there, oh man, there's a two-handed sword, it's unique. I can't remember what it was called now. That was amazing. Um, I'm guessing next favorite weapon would be bows. Is it bows? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, they're uh, they're reliable, I guess. And uh, Marcus, your favorite weapon type? You know, staves are the best because. That's excellent. And you know, I, and now that I'm thinking of it, I think I should have had my favorite spell as the recharged um, thing, because you just you know you extend the life of all of your staves. That's pretty. Up. I had the ability to repair my stuff, but it reduces its overall durability by doing that. So That's what did it. it did the same thing. So say I had a staff that had 40 charges, and I recharged it with that spell, it would bring it down to 30 charges, and then 20. Oh, shouldn't have done it then. I would just recharge. I mean, it was it worth the, it though. At, at the lady every time. Uh, favorite level set. I really enjoyed the uh, catacombs, um, to be honest. I thought, like, I really liked the idea of the long hallways with the small rooms. Like, that was really fun. Uh, what about you, Nick? Um, I like the caverns. The caves? All right. Yeah. What about you, Marcus? I thought the cathedral was the best part. Yeah, no, all right, that's fair. I didn't care for the caves because I didn't like that my tactic to get in a doorway <laughs> was a whole lot harder in the caves. So, well, there were none. Uh, plus the uh, fuck, the enemies in the caves are 
bitch. Oh, I hated them. It's actually, I started having more fun because there's things I had to think about doing instead of just standing still and shooting through a doorway. I was like, oh, I've actually got to be smart and tactical about well, I didn't mind now. it in hell because, I mean, the enemies are hard in hell too, and I, I just didn't like the way the layout. Like, I didn't have enough uh, tactical, like, things to do in the caves. Like, it was just a matter of, like, run away and come back. I had to do a lot of hit and run because I don't I don't have ranged attacks. It was like, click, click, you have click. vagina. Because I am a vagina. And I'm filled with sand. Okay. Least favorite monster. Nick? My least. Or, yeah. Go, Nick. Real Marcus. I'll let you guys figure it out. All right. My least favorite monster was the skeletal archers. Those fuckers are so annoying because they would start shooting you when they weren't even on your screen yet. And then I could never figure out where they were shooting me from, and I would die more often than not before I found them. Huh. All right. Okay. What about you, Nick? Any of the assholes that are invisible. Because it takes away the whole point of shooting with a yeah. bow where I can click across half the screen and hit them before they can see me, and then I gotta wait till they're up to my face. So fuck that. I hated anything that teleported. So uh, the bow guys were annoying too, especially once you got to like the goat people um, bow guys, because they would really run from you. Like the minute you started walking towards them, they just go, and there's no catching them. So they would, there'd be like six of them in a corner, and they just scatter. It'd take you half an hour to kill all six of them. All right, uh, Marcus. How easy was this game to masturbate to? Um, not easy at all. Wait. All right, Nick. How do you answer this? <laughs> like this. Uh, I'll give it a six. The okay. blood was. Uh, okay. The blood effects were okay. okay. Um, you know, not Especially enough. Up. Like when Diablo died and it's just squirting everywhere. That do it for you? Yes. Like I, my character like showered in that and used it as lubricant. Awesome, awesome. Uh, me and the barmaid had a good time, so um, I'll give it a give it a five. All right. So, if anybody that is a fan of Dungeon Crawlers and hasn't already played Diablo One, and they're going to play Diablo One, what sort of tips and or tricks do you have for them, Nick? Uh, well, he always forgets this is a segment, so he tells you just go look up stuff. Exactly. Google it. Just Google it. Um. What I would say is, depending on what your class is and how experienced you are with the, um, like the dungeon crawler genre, I guess, uh, is going to depend on what character you want to start with. So if you're if you feel confident, definitely go with sorcery. They are they are the best class to technically do. You get the most you get the most options. You can break the game much easier with the, the magic. Uh, like there's a way to just like spam spells in a room and not have to deal with anything like anything challenging. Uh, so keeping that in mind, you can do a little bit of research and try to find out what kind of build you want to go towards. Cause there are a bunch of options you get, um, like the rogue, for example, you can either go bow, you can go pseudo mage, or you can go like uh, melee and you can change your build on that. You also got to keep in mind that, uh, depending on what loot you find is really going to influence what kind of, uh, build you actually do. Um, or you can just say, fuck it, and duplicate all the items and gold and shit you find and do whatever the hell you feel like doing. Okay, so Nick's tips and tricks and look it up or cheat. Um, <laughs> like, literally, like, what else are you going to do? Like, you can stand in a doorway, shoot shit through the doorway, you can cast spells in the doorway, like, make sure you always have town portal on hand, whether it's a scroll or a spell, or if you're lucky to get a stave that gives you uh, town portal, that's, though, that's kind of... That's a huge inventory slot. Yes, and say like that's hitter. That's pro and a con because you get a couple casts of it, but then it's taking up fucking six spots. So, 
Yeah. You have to figure that out for yourself. Uh, My... there's, the, there's a whole equipping items that give you stats to give you temporary boosts so you can actually learn things, especially magic is a thing. Also, um, if you're going into town and you've got all these unidentified items, first off, repair them before you identify them. You will save gold. Just throwing that out there. Or just save, identify it, decide whether you want it or not, and then if you almost, want to keep it, Almost all it. identified items. Well, you're just going to sell it for more if it's repaired and identified. If you repair it before you identify it, almost you always almost make your money back plus some. Okay. Like, I never lost money doing that, I don't think. Well, I made more money just selling the thing. I don't know. I mean, did you have, like, 100,000 gold sitting on the ground around Kane when you were done? Yes. No. It's not that hard. I know. You never buy anything. You make a bunch. Like, I was at 10K by 4 or 5. Also, uh, your stash, quote-unquote, where you keep stuff, just throw it on the ground around Kane. It, It won't disappear. That's where you keep stuff. I did it where the town portal spawns. Or you do it there, but I mean, I always go back there to buy more potions and stuff, so. You bought potions? I never used any. Oh, I was was chugging potions like they were crack. I think the best tip, and this goes for any RPG, just always save, because you're going to hate yourself when you have to go through eight floors all over again. Yes, definitely save. I saved every time I, I exited the dungeon or I got to a new level. That's kind of where I was on the save, cause I like after hearing Marcus's story, I didn't want to like jinx myself, like and save before a trap or something dumb, cause stuff dumb stuff will happen. Especially like I didn't want to save right before a crash or anything like that. So I was like, I just save new floors and every time I leave the the dungeon. Um, here's a big tip though: most monsters in the early floors they don't know how to open doors, mm-hmm. so you can if you if you are lucky enough to find a room with a door and you have a long range weapon that's like a, um like a bow or you or the mate the sorcerer and there's a like a grate like a viewpoint like a window between the door and the wall and you can see things in there you can just shoot them from the door or cast a spell or whatever and not have to actually deal with them coming at your face yep it's a legit it's a legit thing to do um you know and when in doubt you know, because uh, you'll you'll hit these quests, these boss areas that are too hard. Once you're not gonna cost yourself that much time by grind. You can either go up a co- like go down a few more levels and like clear the next two and then come back, or like I said, once you've cleared levels, if you restart, I mean you, you'll wipe the. How does it wipe quests? I don't know if it wipes quests or not. Yeah, I think it wipes quests. Don't yeah, you get a brand new. Don't do that quest roll. So um. But you can always regrind if you're worried about it. I don't know. Like, that's it. I mean, I don't know. I don't have anything insightful anymore. I probably lost it all. I'm losing my mind. All right. I don't think. Is it either of you have anything else to add about Diablo One? Here's one tip: Don't waste your gold on that stupid little boy in the top of the town. I don't know. He's got some pretty cool stuff sometimes. I don't know. I think you always save before you talk to him. Yeah, you can do that. Save before you talk to him. Um. So, uh, how are you doing on on Fate, Snick? Uh, I haven't really been playing it. Why not? Because I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen. You break my heart. I'll get it done. I got plenty of time. You'll get it and Conquest and and Revelations done. 
Yeah. You sure? Yes. Are you lying to me? No. Because I'll likely only get, like, I'll probably get Birthright and Part of Conquest done. I mean, as much as I, I just don't think I'll have enough time to do both. Well, I'm on, like, Chapter 20 Birthright, so I'm almost done with that. I'm, like, on 15. But I can't stop myself from doing all the paralogs and, like, grinding and shit. Like, I just can't stop. That's See, that's where you're going to go wrong. You can't you can't actually finish the game if you're not working towards finishing the game. I know. God. I got to just stop. Because I, I settled down, and I'm like, I'm just going to play this like I played Fire Emblem 7, Fire Emblem 8, and just have, like, five to ten characters that I'm focusing on, and everybody else can go fuck themselves. I know. I keep wanting to do the same thing, but then I feel guilty. Like, I have this weird sense of guilt about it. I don't know. What about you? You don't have that? Uh, yes, but I'm pushing those emotions aside. Oh, well. All right. Fair enough for the for the good goodness of the group. Okay. So, so really what I'm doing is I'm avoiding marrying anybody and I'm just going to get to the end of the game, max out supports with everybody and then make a save and then I can just go one through one after another and just complete my support log and I have to play the game through again and again and again. All right. So that is our next game. Um, who is guesting on that episode? Uh, that would be my brother. All right. Because he's also playing Fates, and he's the only person that we know that's playing Fates. So. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, this would be a fun show. Uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I don't know what the next off topic will be, but we'll get to that um, next week. We may need because I'm looking back, I think it might be Western versus Japanese RPGs, like a discussion. I don't have, I have to look at it. But anyway, let's pull up the outro here. A beautiful, beautiful ska music. Okay. Be sure to go leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Each one counts, and we love you for it. You can follow us on Twitter at the RPG Podcast. You can send us an email, podcast at therpgshow.com. You can visit our home on the web at therpgshow.com. The the is very important, or else you get some wigs and shit. Don't go, don't go there. Uh, you can visit our forums there. Click on that. Talk to us. We're lonely. Love you, Anderson. I can't think. Oh, check out our friend Retro Kel over at the uh, Is It Worth It podcast, part of the RPG Retro RPG Show. I don't really remember. Um, check out our tabletop stuff at the RPG Show Presents. You'll see Mark, more Marcus there. Some skirmitar action. And I think that's skirmitar. it. Until next time, say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Stop. Listen. Think. Look here. Look here. We say this every episode. We're lonely. Love you, Anderson. And we really want some feedback from you. So have you played Diablo 1? Did you like it? Head on over to the forums. There should be a post for this episode. Just click reply, sign in as a guest, make an account, whatever. Tell us about how you felt. Are you playing Fire Emblem Fates? Do you have some opinions you'd like to hear right out on the show? Put it there. Or you can send us an email. Whatever. We just want to get everybody else's opinions out there. So, yeah, I think that'll do it. Way to be creepy.